Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for watching our live stream from McCullough Christian Center tonight. I hope all of you have had a good week so far. Um, I know you may get tired of hearing that. Have you had a good week? Because the way this year has gone, you'd probably be hard-pressed to try. You had to really take time and think, when was the last time that you had a real good week according to your standards? And I'm not talking about one of the weeks where we say, well, I'm still here and it's better than the alternative. I'm talking about a week where everything went as you planned. Nothing got canceled on you. I mean, a week where you weren't overwhelmed with political agendas being shoved in your face. I mean, a good week where you got to go to work every day of the week, and when it was quitting time, you got to come home and be a mama or a daddy instead of being a teacher to your child who's been struggling with virtual school all day. You know, no doubt that we're living in a time that we haven't seen before. Things are so much different right now. And I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but I do believe that we hadn't seen anything yet. And I want to go ahead and say I believe that the things have to get worse before they're going to get better for us. That's my bad news. Now let me give you some good news. All right, the good news is that you might be stuck here in this crazy, lawless, sinful, corrupt, going to hell in a handbasket world. But the book of John, chapter 17, Jesus says... You may be stuck in this world, but you are not of this world. If you're a blood-bought child of God tonight, then you are different than everything else that's going on around you in this world. You should be letting your light shine. I have some more good news for you tonight. As I was studying for this message tonight, I took the road, the road less traveled through the Bible, and I went over to the book of Revelation. And I read on over to the end of it. And whatever it is that you're going through that's got you stressed out today, things that have you bound down, illnesses that have overtaken you, what if you have problems with your finances, your marriage, whatever it is that you're going through, guess what? I read the end of the book, and we're going to overcome it. If you're a child of God, you're going to overcome all those problems tonight. I also read in the book of Revelations, if you're wanting to meet Jesus face to face, guess what? It said towards the end of the book, he said, surely I come quickly. So that's good news for us right there. Surely he is going to come quickly back to us. But that tells me, just like the Bible told us, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Right now, he's absent. Right now, he has gone to heaven to prepare a place for us. But the book of Revelations, he says, surely I come back quickly. Well, for us, that puts us in a season of waiting I look at it like this. I try to picture it like the world is a garden, is is Jesus' garden, and we as as the people of this world, we're the crops that's growing in the garden. And he's just waiting for the proper time. He's waiting for harvest time that he's going to come back and he's going to reap all the good crop. He's going to take back all the crop that's ready to go back with him. But in that time of waiting... 
that's when all the crops, they flourish, right? Because we're sitting here, we're planted in the garden, the crops are going to flourish. But in that same time of waiting, I think we need to realize tonight that a lot of crops, they also ruin. Some of them get ruined to the heat and all the other elements of lack of water or too much water or cold or the briars taking over, whatever it may be. Some of us, some of the crops blemish while others flourish. <clears throat> But I want you to know tonight, and I'm going to try to get to improve this point tonight, that the same field where the crops are flourishing, it's that same field where other crops are getting blemished, where other crops are failing. We're in a season of waiting before Jesus comes back. And whenever he comes back, he gives us an example of what this is going to be like. And that example I'm going to read from tonight is in the book of Matthew and it's chapter 25, and I'll start at verse number 1. Jesus said that, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now one thing I want to point out from the very first verse was where it said that the ten virgins took their lamps, and it says they went forth to meet the bridegroom. All ten of these ladies went forth together. They all went in the same direction together. And they all had the same expectation. And it said right there that their expectation was to meet the bridegroom. Then we go on into chapter 2, 3, and 4. And it tells us that out of the ten virgins, five of them were considered foolish. Five were considered wise. The foolish... They all had lamps, but the foolish didn't put any oil in their lamps. Now, the lamps I'm seeing them with are just like you see sitting on the table here in front of me. And I just want to kind of show you how these lamps would work if I can. Um, I think you pretty much have three components to a lamp. This area down at the bottom would be the vessel. And this is where you would store oil. Inside the vessel, you see the little white strip. That would be a wick, and the wick is what burns. It soaks up the oil to burn, and on the sides the knob to trim that up or down. And then this glass part here I call a shield because it's shielding the flame from all the elements that any wind or rain that may put that light out, that shields that from there. So here I have two lamps, just like we have two examples in this Bible verse. And here on the first one, this would be a lamp like the foolish ladies had. 
Because as you can see, inside this lamp, inside the vessel, there's no oil inside that vessel. And I just want to show y'all if hope sprinklers don't go off and pastor gets mad at me. But I'm going to try to light this wick. And it's not going to light like you think it would, but if it was completely dark in here, you could see a very dim, low light glowing on there. And I'm going to go ahead and put the shield back on. And without any oil, you see smoke coming from the top. But without the oil, this lamp, all it's going to do is smoke. That light's not going to get any brighter without the oil inside of it. So before we make sprinklers go off, I'm going to try to extinguish that little light. Hide it under a bushel. So we're going to trim that down. That's the lamp of the foolish ladies. But now I want to show you this other lamp. This will be the lamp considered that the wise ladies had. This lamp, just like the other lamp, has the vessel, the wick, it has a shield. And this lamp has oil in it. And if I go and light this wick, you see that it puts off a flame a whole lot brighter than what that the foolish lady's lamp had. So, there's ten people in this example. Half of them, they don't have oil in their lamp. The other half does. If we turned out the lights, you saw the glow on this lamp, and you see the glow on this lamp. With the lights out, it's obvious which lamp is going to shine the brightest. <clears throat> So that gets us up to verse number 5, where it says that while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, ye go out to meet them. And, they, and all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, to trim your lamp, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I don't even know why I have notes, because I'm not nowhere near what they're saying but to trim the lamp you're gonna get more wick that wick soaking up that oil so your lights gonna get brighter but before I get to that point let me make one other point I told you in verse number one that all ten went forth all ten went in the same direction with the same expectations here we are over here getting down to verse six seven and eight where they're being woke up by this alarm going off saying that the bridegroom comes, they're all ten still together. So in that season of waiting, the foolish and the wise were all waiting together. And that's the point that I want to make tonight that I don't want us to miss because you may go to the same old church for years and we might be sitting in the same congregation with our same old friends that are Christians with us for many years. We may have spent every summer of our childhood at our Holy Spirit-filled granny's house. We may have gone to every wonderful Christian concert, every conference that we could. We may be associated with all the right people. But if you don't have what it takes on the inside of you, then your light ain't shining. It don't matter who we're sitting around and who we associate ourselves with. There was ten women here in this story. They were all right there together when the bridegroom came. 
And that's my point that I mentioned earlier, that the field that produces the cream of the crop is the same field that produces the spoils of the crop. Where you are, it don't matter who you're around, it matters who is in you. That's my point that I'm trying to make tonight. I know I'm stumbling everywhere, but y'all bear with me because I'm trying to get that point to you. Over in verse number 7, it said they all arose and they trimmed their lamps. Now, I showed you how to trim your lamp. Soon as they heard the bridegroom comes, the wise got up and they started trimming their lamps, made their light brighter. Don't miss me, bridegroom, here I am. Look at my light shine. The unwise, the foolish, got up and they started trimming their lamps and they're still just blowing smoke. Don't miss the fact that it's blowing smoke. Both of them look like lamps tonight, but whenever you get down to it, if you don't have what it takes on the inside, you're just blowing smoke to everybody. It's smoke and mirrors because you don't really have what it takes for whenever he comes back to gather and reap his church from this world. <clears throat> so the foolish start to panic. They start seeing, man, look at, look at the wise. Look at the flame they have. No doubt he's going, he won't miss them. And all I'm, oh, man. And they start looking over there thinking, so they say, give me some of your oil. And they're not dumb. They're considered the wise ladies, right? So they're like, uh-uh, go get your own oil. So they run off, but what they don't realize and what a lot of us don't realize, the oil that we need, we can't run off to go get it in that moment because the one who gives it is the one that's coming to take us away. So he's not over there selling the oil anymore. You have to get that oil. You have to get what you need on the inside during the season of waiting, not whenever he comes back. The Bible said in the book of Revelations, Jesus said, surely I come quickly. I don't think that means I'm coming in a few minutes. I'll be there tomorrow because it's been over 2,000 years, so I don't think that's what it means. I think whenever what that means is whenever he does come, he's coming fast and he's getting out of here. In the blink of an eye like a thief in the night, Ten ladies laying there, wake up, thinking the bridegroom come. All these people that you're associated with and that you put yourself around because you thought they were good people, all of a sudden they're gone and you're left back here because we can't ride anybody's coattail whenever Jesus comes back. We have to get the oil on the inside of us. That's going to be a sad scene for the foolish people. Imagine the rapture when everybody, all of God's children are gone. And I, most of the time I think of how glorious that's going to be for all of God's people. But I was thinking today of how sad it is for the foolish. Those ten virgins that ran back and they said to the bridegroom, let me in. Here we are. Let us in. And he said, but I don't know you. I can't let you in. And they're sitting there and the five ladies that they've spent their life with are gone just like that. That's reality. There's going to be people in this world that's going to live that reality, who's going to see their loved ones all of a sudden gone, and they're left behind because the whole time they thought they were going through the Christian motions, they were just blowing smoke to everybody, and they didn't have the oil that they needed on the inside of them. I'm going to jump ahead again. While I'm talking about the oil on the inside, I want to tell you a few weeks ago, Pastor preached two messages out of Second Kings, and it was about a lady whose husband died. She was a widow woman. He was a man of God. He died. Well, whenever he died, he owed a debt to people. 
Those debtors came looking for him. She knew that they were going to come looking for the debt to be paid. And she didn't have any money. So she found the prophet Elijah and told him, said, well, you know my husband was a man of God. And now these people are going to come. I can't pay them, so they're going to take my son so he can be a slave and work the debt off. And Elijah said, well, what do you have that's valuable? She said, I have nothing. She said, I have just this one jar of oil, just a little bit of oil, but that's not going to cover it. So he told her, he said, well, you take that oil and you go gather every vessel that you can find in your house. Not only that, but if I remember right, I think in the story that the son even went to the neighbor's house. They went searching for every vessel that they could find. And he said, bring that vessel back to the house, come inside and shut the door and take those vessels that you have and take this one bottle of oil and you begin to pour it in each vessel. And they did that. And that one little bottle just kept pouring the oil. And I want to remind you that in the Bible, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So this lady, she keeps pouring the oil into all these vessels that her son keeps bringing. And then in 2 Kings chapter 4, it says when the last vessel came, she poured the oil into it and the oil stopped coming. I want to make a point to you tonight. The oil was not in short supply. It was the vessels. Now, the story of the ten virgins, that's not, tonight's not the first time that you've heard it. I've heard many preachers preach on it. I've preached on it before. But the cool thing about the Bible is the more you read it, the revelation that you get out of it changes almost every time. And to, tonight or this week, whenever I was studying for tonight's message, I was reading that about the ten virgins. And I always heard it as we should compare ourselves to these ten virgins, either the foolish or the wise. But as I was studying for this message, it's like something spoke to me and said, that's not it. Tonight I want you to give the message that we are to compare ourselves to the lamps, not the ladies. So I ask you tonight, what lamp are you? Are you the lamp that can be seen when trimmed up because you have the what it takes on the inside of you? You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you? Or are you just going through the motions looking like everybody else, but you're just blowing smoke and you don't have what it takes? Don't compare yourself to the ladies in the story tonight. Compare yourself to the lamps and ask yourself, where are you? And if you're more over here because you're running low or you're running empty on the Holy Spirit in your life and what Jesus wants to pour out to you, and you're not shining a light like you can, then understand that the oil supply is there. That woman could have filled up many more vessels. She just needed the vessels. And God's saying tonight, I just need vessels. I'm pouring out my love. I'm pouring out my mercy. I'm pouring out my spirit. You're talking about a world that's gone crazy and a world that's lost, but I'm sitting here pouring it out, and I just need somebody to be a vessel for me tonight, somebody that will say, I'm empty and I'm surrendering myself to you, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit and let my light shine like the wise of this world, not like the foolish. So I want to ask you tonight, which one of these lamps are you? Maybe you have a little light, but maybe you could use some more oil because you want to be brighter right now. That's fine. You might not have any oil in your tank. Wherever you are tonight, I just ask that you surrender yourself and you tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm available. We're meant to be the house of the Holy Spirit, so I'm available. You pour it inside of me. It may be dirty on the inside, but the Spirit of God knows how to clean it out. So you just ask him to pour it inside of you and surrender yourself to him 
and give your life to him and let your light start shining. Stop trying to blend in and start trying to stand out is what we need to do tonight. Thank y'all so much for watching. I know that we have some of y'all out there, some of our church members that are sick and fighting the virus that's going around. I've seen some of y'all saying how bad it is, and I feel for you tonight, and I've been praying for you, want to pray for you again while we're here tonight, and can't wait to have y'all back here in the church building with us on Sunday mornings. Thank y'all so much for watching tonight, and I'm going to close this out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word that you've given me. God, I know that I stumbled over it in the beginning, but I think that in the end I came and I gave it as you gave it to me. Lord, I just thank you for giving me this word. If it wasn't for anybody else, then God, I'm thankful that it was for me. Lord, for those that may have made a decision tonight that said they want your spirit poured into them, God, I pray, Lord, that they understand that that is the spirit that's going to keep us going. That's what's going to make a difference in this world. And, Lord, I pray that we don't forget the shield on this lamp so that the elements around us don't blow out our flame. Lord, I just pray that we know that the shield is a shield of faith and that faith comes by hearing and by hearing by the Word of God and that we can get into the Word of God and let that shield get bigger and stronger for us. Lord, I pray for those people who are out sick. I just ask that... You will heal them. I know your word says that by your stripes we are healed, and I claim that for each and every one of them here tonight, Jesus. I pray that you will keep us safe. Bring us back here safely on Sunday morning. We love you. We thank you so much for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.